As indicated by CNBC, employment among the lowest paid Americans has flatlined at a level well below its pre-pandemic baseline. Meanwhile, the number of jobs held by mid- and high-wage workers has more than fully recovered. According to recent data from Opportunity Insights, a research initiative based at Harvard University, the number of jobs for workers who earn less than $27,000 per annum was down approximately 22% as of late July relative to mid-January of last year. By contrast, the number of jobs for those who make more than $60,000 a year is up by approximately 10% over the same period. The number of jobs is up more than 3% for those earning between $27,000 and $60,000. The data spotlight one of the hallmarks of America's pandemic economy. There has been rapid recovery for those at the top of the income and wealth spectrum and greater difficulty for those at the bottom. The initial economic shock generated by the pandemic resulted in mass unemployment across all income groups, but wealthier Americans lost fewer jobs relative to others and had largely regained them by the summer of 2020. The lowest earners saw nearly 40% of their jobs evaporate at the height of the crisis, and recovery in recent months has been slow. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by writer Neil Irwin, for most of the past 15 years, America's economy has been mired in a period of low productivity growth. Productivity is typically measured as output per hour worked. All things being equal, the faster is productivity growth, the faster is overall economic growth. Faster productivity growth is also associated with more rapid increases in compensation. Among the many impacts of the lingering pandemic has been surging productivity. Since the second quarter of 2020, labor productivity has expanded at a 3.8% annual rate. That compares most favorably with the 1.4% rate of annual productivity growth that characterized the period from 2005 to 2019. Recent data indicate that above average productivity growth persisted through the second quarter. Taking a macroeconomic perspective sheds light on what has been transpiring. Since the pandemic-induced recession bottomed out during the spring of 2020, America's gross domestic product has more than fully recovered. Total American output was 0.8% higher during the second quarter of this year than it was prior to the pandemic. But the number of jobs is down 4.4% over the same span. In other words, we're producing more with fewer workers. For WIPR, and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For years, China's economic growth easily outpaced America's. At some level, that isn't altogether surprising. China is a developing economy, which means that it is generally easier to find ways to grow output, including by investing in basic infrastructure. But this year, the two nations are switching places, at least in terms of economic growth. America's gross domestic product was more than 12% higher during the second quarter of this year from a year earlier. That outpaced China's gain, which fell a bit short of 8%. As indicated by writer Bob Davis, many economists believe that America's edge should persist for the next several quarters. This moment represents the first sustained period since at least 1990, during which the U.S. economy expanded faster than China's. A combination of vaccinations, massive federal spending, and near-zero interest rates have helped push America ahead of China's growth trajectory. Government aid also helped American households amass 2.6% trillion dollars in excess household savings, savings that exceed what would have been anticipated prior to the pandemic. That is nearly seven times as much as in China. 
that provides U.S. consumers with greater ability to spend aggressively during the quarters ahead. For WIPR and my Bruce Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For months, the economy has been associated with shortages of many items and higher prices. During that same period, many economists have been suggesting that such phenomena are merely transitory and that at some point, global supply chains will become orderly, shortages will go away, and prices will fall. Well, for now, global supply chains remain in disarray. Take the auto industry as an example. Toyota, Japan's largest automaker recently announced that it was slashing production in that nation by 40% amid a shortage of semiconductors. The latest issue to impact Toyota and other vehicle manufacturers is a resurgence of COVID-19 infections in Southeast Asia, particularly in Malaysia. As indicated by the Wall Street Journal, it is in Malaysia where semiconductors are assembled into small components that control everything from headlights to engines. The spread of the highly infectious Delta variant and relatively low vaccination rates have caused sharp production cuts because governments have forced plants to limit operations. To date, Toyota's financial performance hasn't been damaged because the ongoing shortage of vehicles available for sale has pushed up prices on dealer lots. The latest news will help keep vehicle prices unusually elevated. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. The Census Bureau recently reported that during the decade ending with 2020, America's population grew at its second slowest rate since the government began counting in 1790. The past decade was also associated with the slowest population growth since the 1930s. As indicated by writer Shikha Dalmia, there is growing concern that the U.S. is facing a population bust. America's fertility rate, which managed to avoid Europe's low fertility trend for much of the past century, now stands at just 1.73 children per woman. That's roughly on par with fertility rates in Denmark and Britain. Lower fertility rates mean that the ratio of young people to older people declines, not considered a formula for economic dynamism. Stepped-up immigration represents an obvious pathway to maintaining demographic balance and could produce significant economic benefits. Dalmia points out that the seeds of the 1990s information technology revolution were planted in the 1960s. During that period, policymakers eliminated the 1924 Johnson-Reed Act, which suppressed immigration. Its end in 1965 resulted in nearly 59 million new immigrants over the next 50 years, many of them high-tech professionals from Asia and other parts of the world. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.